Happy Sunday and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is super exciting because we have an amazing guest. Her name is Natalie. She's going to introduce herself really quickly, but today's episode is all about how Big Pharma is not stopping when it comes to children's mental health, physical health, you name it. We're going to dive into it today. So without further ado, here's the interview. to talk with you today. Uh, my name is Natalie. Like you said, um, I'm from New Jersey and I am a full-time stay-at-home mom. I love Jesus and America and so I think I'm on the right podcast for that. Oh yes. Um, but I also love homesteading, something I've recently kind of, you know, gotten into just trying to be a little more self-sufficient and um, I also am an avid crafter. And I love coffee and cooking and obviously also speaking about my beliefs and values. <laughs> we sound like we can be best friends, all of those. Right? Just... I know. I know. <laughs> if only you weren't far. I far know. Away. I know. Um, but it's so one, good to have you on. Yes, I know. One day. Um, but it's so good to have you on today. Um, this has been a little bit in the making, but it is totally worth it. And... I really love um, the aspect that you homeschool your kids and then also you have made it a priority to be self-sufficient in the aspect of homesteading. So do you want to like start us off a little bit about talking about how that goes? Sure, sure. So I wasn't always uh, in this spot in my life. So I worked, I went to school, um, I have three children over nine years, so you know, there's been times where I feel like you just feel like society is pulling you to get back to work. And so, you know, I had my son at 21 years old and it was like, once he hit a year, this pressure was like, get a job, go back to school, make money, leave him in daycare. And I feel like, although I was blessed and I think family and friends always stepped in to help with him for a long time. It was like, even with my second, that was the mentality, get back to it and get out there you know, you can only stay home so long. It's just, that's what's expected. Well, uh, after my, I was pregnant with my third, my kids were both in school. I was working full time for a while and then, um, got pregnant with my, with my third and COVID happened and everything changed and we adjusted accordingly. And I feel like on one hand, it was just kind of God's plan, like a blessing for me, because I always joked about how I would love to homeschool, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just flat out. I would love to, but I can't do that. Right. That is not me. That is not, you know, but it turns out, you know, when they went virtual for that beginning half of the year, we just kind of started diving into the home and, and growing alongside them. And, you know, what can I teach them that I can do? Because no, I'm not a teacher, but they have teachers. They go to, you know, Liberty University Online Academy. They have a teacher, so I helped facilitate the lesson, but it was kind of just a random thing that happened, and we were rolling with it all this time, and then, you know, you have the stigma of not being social enough, so in the beginning of that, it was also like, let's cram in as many 
extracurricular subject <laughs> thing that we could do. Fun stuff, friends. We have lots of family near us, so we're very blessed to have lots of little cousins for them to play with. But um, so it just kind of it was just kind of a thing that happened, and we rolled with it. At that point, we only had chickens, and since then we have added two goats, so two Nubian goats. Um, we're hoping for them to be like the dairy goats that we can do stuff with their milk um, and potentially breed them. So that's a whole endeavor. My son is all about it. You know, my oldest son, he loves gardening. He loves the animals. So <clears throat> that's very helpful because without my husband, I definitely couldn't do it. But also without my nine-year-old, <laughs> a lot would not be done either because it was a big undertaking. And with the youngest kid and teaching them, I mean, I cannot sit here and say that I'm perfect. We are learning. Every day is a learning curve, but we are all learning together and it is possible. And that is the takeaway. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I love everything that you just said. Um, I love the perspective you have on it where you are growing along in the home, where you're making your home um, a place where community happens but it's amazing that you have taken the time like you said it's not the societal standard to homeschool your kids and I think it is so incredible that you have um, really reached out and done that with your kids again I think it is a stigma like you said that kids don't get enough um, interaction or they're not going to be social enough if they end up going to college or whatever it may be but I think that is yeah. such a stigma that we can get over because homeschooling your kids, having them in your garden or with your chickens, like you said, having those experiences are going to prepare them more for life than sitting in a classroom eight hours a day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. incredible. I'm for it. I am totally for it. Um, my brother's actually homeschooled, so it's close to my heart as well. And we were actually in the garden yeah. um, today. So it's just that yeah. um, being out, getting to know your surroundings. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's very important. And, uh, you know, I think with the right tools and the right routine it really can be successful and not only can it be successful but it can also draw you closer to God and your children and you know I myself need that every day you know like I need a push mm -hmm. to be closer to Jesus to be closer to my kids to have more patience um you know it, it's I I think back to when I was working full-time and I would wake up at the crack of dawn pack the lunches, get myself together, have like two cups of coffee before 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. I would like drop one off here, drop the other off here and get to work, to work a full day. And it's mm -hmm. like, now I think about that and I'm just like, this is the chosen job for this period of time in my life because I can only fit so much and it's just what's working right now. And I just, I challenge everybody to think outside the box and just not think that you can't handle it because you can you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can handle a lot more than we give ourselves credit for and what society tells us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being a mom, um, I know learning from my mom, it's a full-time job. Um, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> like you said, you had that, or I guess society, kind of that boss babe culture that we talk about where it's like, okay, I'm going to have my kids. I'm going to go on that um, maternity leave and then I come back to work. That's what quote-unquote, is expected of mothers, um, and so there's that, but 
we need to value motherhood in our society. Like what you do every single day, you wake up, you take care of your kids, you're homeschooling them, um, and you're proctoring whatever they are doing. You take them to their activities, you get them fed, all of these things. We need to value that more because we need our moms at home, like nurturing our kids. That's how God intended motherhood to be. And so it's a beautiful thing. And I believe we should embrace it more and more. Yes. And, you know, I can say there's like a quote out there or meme that says like, you know, I've met a part time, I've I've met a working mom and I've met a stay at home mom, but I haven't met a mom who hasn't worked. Mm. And that's true. I mean, I've done it all. I've worked part time. I've worked full time. I've gone back to school after having a kid. And I have also just stayed home 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the children. And and there's no easy way. It's just going to be your way and what's best. And we have to stop the stigmas on all the ends. You know what I mean? Yes. We have to work together because it really does take a village. It does. It does. I agree. Um, And today we are going to be talking about how Big Pharma is not stopping when it comes to our children's health. I think that is so important to talk about because as we see more and more families um, come into our world, we need to be talking about what our culture, how it has changed since 2020. What are we looking at? Um, We have the big question of whether to vaccinate or not vaccinate our kids and I know that Spotify is probably going to give me a red flag for talking about this but it is totally worth it because it needs to be talked about um so my first question to you is what are doctors saying about vaccinating healthy kids first and foremost you're right um the it it does need to be talked about because it is being censored everywhere um I myself am a victim of like censorship and uh, Instagram, being in Instagram jail constantly. Mm -hmm. So I understand. Um, But I also, you know, I think vaccines are not like a one size fits all type of thing. And Mm -hmm. I think every parent deserves to make the decision for their child without any pressures or incentives or feeling like they can't voice their opinions either way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so important for us to just leave the private health decisions up to the parents right and you know it's a decision that you make in your doctor's office it's not something that deserves to be talked about in public streets or you know anything i mean i feel like before covid was an issue i was um very pro informed consent and very pro choice when it came to vaccinations for children Mm -hmm. um i spent a lot of time protesting uh in the capital in new jersey because there was bills that were going to take away religious rights from parents in the area um you know for them for their kids to be able to attend school because they didn't have certain vaccines so i agree i think you know it definitely needs to be up to the parent everybody needs to be able to have a decision and a decision that should be respected um i think with covid it has been such a incentivized bribery situation that you know i i can't even begin to fathom how people think it's okay to you know judge or give their opinions with with children when it comes to this issue it's just it's a crazy thing that this is where we are right now in society and that you're judged whether you do it or you don't and you're put in a box and it's just um it's awful because, you know, there are, like I said before, it's not a one size fits all type of thing. And children have reactions to things all the time. 
There's no doctor that's going to be held liable when your child has a reaction, if they have a reaction. And we know that the COVID vaccine isn't perfect. Um, we, we also have seen that, you know, these doctors are incentivizing it. You know, you'll get this fast food or this free thing or this bonus $5 gift card. And, you know, that's just so wrong. Right. Um, I think that especially when it comes to children, we can't put this in their brain, you know, this fear mongering, this is what's right and we have to do it. And it's for the sake of the health of others. Right. You know, that's such a dangerous mentality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, doctors right now, I think that for the most part, you're going to be hard pressed to find one that says, you know, go home, do your research and make, make the decision that's best for you and your family. Um, because like you said, big pharma is not stopping. And a lot of doctors are unfortunately on the side of big pharma. They're not going to sit there and go over the side effects with you and decide whether your child, based on their health history, you know, it's going to be good for them or bad for them. And if you have a doctor who's willing to do that with you, that's great. And if you ultimately make the decision that that is best for your child, so be it, you know. But I think I wish that doctors today would be speaking up more freely about the optional part of it, you right. know. Right. Um, I think that right now doctors are definitely struggling to feel like they can speak up, especially on the side of it being optional. And I don't blame, I mean, the media, every, everywhere you turn or everywhere you look, there are COVID vaccine signs. You are just exposed to it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I definitely think it, it's very hard to to grasp the severity of the seeds that we're planting in these kids' brain when it comes to doing things for their health for the sake of others. Right. Um, it, it needs to be a personal thing, a one-on-one -on -one doctor, patient, confidential decision. Um, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's, it, it's mind-boggling. I've lost friends, I've lost family, mm -hmm. a lot of people because of speaking up against it and I think you know, it just, it's, it's really not a one size fits all thing. We need to have this decision making this open thing back and forth, you know, that's right. just what it comes down to. Absolutely. And I love how you said respect others opinions. If a parent decides whether their kid is going to be vaccinated or not, it should be their choice. And that should be the end of it. It should be the parent's decision. I, I, I don't understand how we can do it where it's a survival rate of 99%. Right. You know, like for, for healthy children. So that's the thing is like every child is different. Every child has, it. you know, whatever mm -hmm. medical history they have. So you can't judge everybody based off of that. For a survival rate of what it is for COVID for a healthy child, you mm -hmm. know, you have to make your decision based on the risks. Right. And... You know, that might not look the same for everybody, but it needs to be respected the same by everybody, you Abs know? Absolutely, yep. And one more point to add to that was that, like you said, we're putting this into our kids' brains. How, and we're going to talk about this, is the mental health aspect of it. They're dealing with such a big world. Um, when before, if I can think of even before COVID times, I didn't have to worry about whether I was wearing a mask in public or not, or... Um, if I had to worry if I was going to get someone sick, we never did that with the flu. If we go back to a common um, disease that we know of, the flu, we never yeah. wore masks for that. 
Um, and to think that if, if you're if you're if you're sick, stay home. Right, it's right. A pretty, it's a pretty basic rule of thumb. If you're sick, stay home. If you absolutely have to go out to get something, you know you don't feel good and you don't want to be there anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so it's. I think it's if you're sick, stay home. And you know the only good thing to come out of COVID is these drive up grocery things. So if you're sick, do that and stay home. Mm -hmm. And you know germs are good. Germs are the way our body has always fought off sickness and and things like that i think you know we can't change the way we've always done things because yes people are going to get sick yes people are gonna you know die of whatever right. that's the way we have always done things we cannot prevent death we cannot prevent people from getting sick and if we try to we're literally altering nature we're altering the way we've done things for all of time exactly and it makes us, um, I think, with increasing technology, it makes us think that we have power over our own lives, which takes the place of God in our society. I think that that has been yes. something where we um, worship Fauci or we worship FDA, mm -hmm. um, and we forget that God is the ultimate one who holds our lives in his hands. So um, that's <laughs> that's another thing that just to point out, you know? Yeah. Yep, we can we cannot play God, and I think that we also only have so much time here on this earth, and I think it's very important to love your loved ones, hug your loved ones, you know, be near your loved ones. Like I was so distant from grandparents, and I may think a certain way, but you know, I've definitely taken my grandparents' health into consideration. If I'm sick, I stay home. Yes. I don't go near them if I think I'm even remotely have something. I mean, but it's always kind of been that way. But I definitely found myself giving into the fear and thinking, I don't want to be the one to get it, you know, this one mm -hmm. sick or whatever. And I think it's like one of those things where you're, you know, you're hesitant, mm -hmm. but it's like, you got to push through the fear. You got to push through the fear and realize that Jesus is in control. And we, you know, we don't, we don't have any way of knowing if we're going to get sick. I mean, any of the times I've ever had a bad flu or a virus or anything, it's not like I said, like, I touched this doorknob and I went to this person's house and I did this, and I can't believe this one didn't wear a mask around me, and this one was in the car with <laughs> the windows up. And it's like, this one did not stay six feet away from me, and that's who gave it to me. Like, you, we cannot think this way. It's, it's not healthy. Mm. Fear is not good for the brain. Fear is not good for the body. These things cannot be the way we continue. Right. Um, and me mental health has definitely suffered in many ways during this pandemic. It has, and let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how has masking students across the U.S. been detrimental not only to their mental health, but also physical health? Let's talk about that. Um, well, speaking from personal experience, I would say that my children have only been in a mask a handful of times, and that was in the very beginning before we knew a lot of the facts. I, too, some people may, be hard, may not believe this, but I too was scared in the beginning and I was pregnant. So I remember I was like the crazy person coming in from the grocery store, wiping down the groceries, mm -hmm. okay? I definitely had my crazy moments during this. Right. And that's why I feel like I can speak about it because I'm much happier not being scared and being in the paranoia and the fear of COVID. Absolutely. Um, but... You know, I definitely think that having a baby myself, I've seen, you know, firsthand that my kids were not happy when they wore masks. When they went to um, theme parks or anything like that in the beginning, I know they had to wear it. Um, and it 
I, I couldn't see their smiles, so I can't tell you if they were happy, sad, mm. angry, how they felt. And I think that's a big part of it is like we can't mask these beautiful, innocent children's faces and expect them to pick up on verbal cues mm. and learn how to talk and, and, you know, communicate effectively with their peers. Right. Um, I know that children born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to the children that were born pre-pandemic. Mm. which is a big deal. Um, now for almost three years, we have altered the way children have always learned and done things. And I think, you know, I think that, you know, we can't continue that because fear is not good for, for anybody, let alone these young children. Um, you know, I think that the isolation with every kid is not something that, you know, we should continue to strive towards. I mean, the, you know, the, the thing is, is my children have been inside significantly more being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have to get very creative in the ways that I get them out or I get them playing or I do stuff, which is definitely a whole undertaking with homeschool because, right. you know, I have to keep them active. But I have seldom thought about the children who grow up without parents who have the ability mm -hmm to keep them active in the house, you know, because I myself, I didn't grow up with, you know, the ideal situation of a parent playing with me all the time or actively supporting me in athletics or anything like that. So I think, you know, you have to dive into what it was like being a child yourself and imagine yourself walking in those shoes every day, having to make friends with the mask, covering your face. Um, it cannot be easy. And I'm not a kid, so I can't tell you whether it is or isn't, but from a parent perspective, it cannot be easy. And I, I just personally have stayed away from all of the fear-based mask wearing with my children as long as I possibly could throughout everything. Yeah. You know? And that's, I think, the way you started it. We, I feel like everyone did have at least a week, probably even more than that, of that, like, fear. It was fear. Um, the media had a jump start on it, and they got to our heads, basically, and said, this is what you need to do. You need to buy more toilet paper. <laughs> you need to um, yes. Yes. buy Lysol, yeah. all the wipes, buy your masks, get ready for this pandemic. Like, yes. go home, <laughs> shut your windows, be isolated. Yeah. All of these things, like, just painting that picture, remembering back to what actually happened. We have to remember, I think a lot of people suppress that memory in their mind and I don't um, blame them because it was traumatic. It was something where I couldn't see my yeah. grandma for about two or three months where it was so hard to not see family members. Birthdays were missed. I remember my brother, when his birthday came up, they had cars just um, driving past our house honking mm -hmm. because that's how yep. you celebrate they did the, birthdays. They did the honk and wave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and throw <laughs> the gift. I, have, I know. I know. I had my fair share of people <laughs> inviting me and doing the honk and wave thing. And like thinking back, it's just like, Oh my gosh, like right. we wasted so much time. Mm -hmm. You know, we could have been doing this all along. Um, I am all for upping basic hygiene, washing your hands more, you know, just again, if you're sick, stay home. Yes. Um, but, but let's not forget that health starts in your daily life. You know, mm -hmm. health starts in the 
toxic or not toxic chemicals that you use every day. Health starts with the food, importantly, that you put in your body. You know, how much sleep you get, how much vitamin D you're exposed to, stress and fear. All of these things truly, truly make a difference in your health. And I think, you know, it's not, you know, it's not in a mask. It's not in a vaccine. We have to move forward and, you know, myself included, every day needs to be better. You know, every day I need to make better choices for my health, for long-term goals of not getting sick. Same here. Same here. Always learning what not to put in my body, what to put in my body, um, what is natural that's God-given that we can use. um, And something that I found interesting was that the rates that hospitals were seeing was not COVID, but kids coming in with anxiety, depressed-related symptoms, and they said their bodies hurt or their heart hurt, and they were having issues with that. And they were seeing more of these cases than COVID where kids were coming to the hospital feeling anxious and their body was feeling the effects of that anxiety, and that's what the hospitals were dealing with was kids yes, coming yeah. in. So that was very interesting to read about. I know that, that children depression rates have gone up. Um, the CDC has moved back milestones for children, uh, like in the pediatric schedule. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, again, I have a pandemic baby. My son was born in 2020 and, you know, I've kept him as social as possible. I've kept him as active as possible, but you know, again, to the parents who can't do that, it might be a lot more of a struggle for them, you know? Right. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a very hard subject, but it's also very dear to my heart because I have three children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's hard to make, you know, the right decisions as a parent, no matter where you lie on the spectrum. But I think, you know, you have to use what data is out there and, and make the best decision possible, mm-hmm. um, especially moving forward and, you know, with your children, you know, being as social as possible if you worry about that and not worrying about taking on you know homeschooling or whatever it is that you want to do just you know think about what's going to make you the happiest and go from there make your children the happiest and go from there right um and i love how you said look into the data that is here um there are a lot of scientists and doctors who will show you data that was only a study that took about like 300 people. That's not a study that is going to give you everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. There's always different things, like you said, when you go to your doctor, they should be the ones to look at your medical history and see what is right for you. If you have different conditions and this medicine is going to give you an effect because of those conditions, you shouldn't be taking that medicine. It's classic, basic, look at the facts, look at what the data shows. Um, If there isn't data, then probably maybe steer away from it, find something more natural. Um, But pros and cons and and risk assessment is very important in all situations of life. I think, you know, we can't, you know, put us all in one box. And as an adult, it's hard enough to find, you know, true care in a doctor that's going to sit down with you and go over all of that. So I know, you know, from my experience, pediatricians are no, it's not any easier. Um, You know, think about, you know, in the hospital when you have a baby, there's so many pediatricians that see so many babies every single day. And unfortunately, they just have a checklist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not diving deeper into babies and children and, you know, young adolescent 
teens to decide what is best for them. And that's what's very important. It is important. And I want to talk a little bit about um, how you homeschool your kids. So um, how has homeschooling, because I know some who listen have kids and they might be in public school, they might be in a private school, they might even be homeschooling. Um, We have a range of people listening, but how has homeschooling for you personally been different um, than previous schooling that you've done with your kids? So I think that they all have their, you know, pros and cons. And I, I definitely think that each family, you know, should make their own decision. Mm -hmm. However, I will say that homeschooling has been something I never thought I would, I would do, I would accomplish. Um, With that being said, you know, it's very stressful as a mom. And every day it's like, uh, I have to be chef and maid and teacher and all the things and it is extremely difficult however i will say that this time with my children is something that i cherish you know so close to my heart because i won't get it back and i I feel like i blinked and my children are so much older and you know it's it's very special to learn alongside of them Mm -hmm. um i think that everybody you know should challenge their themselves and see if it's something that they can do because it truly will only bring you closer together as a family and ultimately in our case closer to Jesus you know I not only am I praying for a lot more patience (laughs) but but I am also you know learning with them and learning their strengths and their differences and I have one kid who learns differently than the other and it's you know it's not one size fits all again, you know, going back to that same saying, I mean, you can apply it to anything. Like I have had to get very creative with one child. The other one zooms through things. It's, you know, it's, it's a constant up and down thing. And we are two, two and a half years in, um, and we're learning stuff every day together. We're learning little ways that we can do things better every day together. Um, if you find yourself curious about the topic or if like me, you have thought, you know, maybe homeschooling would be cool, but society made you feel like you shouldn't do it and you would be frowned upon and your children wouldn't learn and your children wouldn't be happy. You should definitely give it a shot because it, you know, no harm, no foul. Like what, what is it, you know, what is it going to be if you give it a shot and you decide it's not for you, your kids to go back to where they were in the first place. Um, you know, and I think now since we started, the restrictions in our state have been lifted. Mm-hmm. So I, we have gone on school tours recently, actually, and mm-hmm. we have um, kind of looked into it. And now I find myself on the other end of it where I'm like, I don't know if I can trust these people with my most prized possessions. And I don't know if I trust that these people who have been blindly led by the masses in the media have my children's best interest at heart every day, all day. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's like the mama bear in me. Maybe that's the me not wanting to go back to such stressful daily life. But whatever that is, I like it. And I can't say that, you know, I'm not torn because I Mm -hmm. want them to do whatever makes them happy. So at the end of the day, You know, we will sit down and we will go over each school and what we liked, what we didn't like, and what they feel is best. But as long as they're learning and they're healthy and they're happy and I'm okay (laughs) and I'm happy, then, then that is, that is ideal. And that is, you know, the best situation for us. So, 
you know, I, I think that that's, that's what you want to strive for. You want to be happy every day. Um, and so for our family, that is what's best in this season of life. Right. And um, before we go a little bit further um, and before we wrap up, uh, how can mothers, if they are interested in homeschooling, how can they be in contact with you if they have any questions, if you're okay with that? Yeah, of course. Um, I definitely, definitely have a lot of resources and information on, you know, things that I've done. And I like to send, I have like a little bit, a little list of a couple moms who I know homeschool and whether they use, you know, their own home curriculum or whether they do a homeschool co-op or whether they do what I do, which is Liberty University Online. Um, I like to send you know, little work workbooks and work pages and stuff like that via email so they can print them out easily because after, you know, a couple of years, I've built a little stack of some, some good fun things for <laughs> the kids right. to do and occupy their time. Right. Um, so, you know, feel free to tag me when you do post the yes. podcast, but uh, they can find me at organic underscore mama with two A's or uh, organic mama's homestead. Awesome. Yes, I will um, tag both of those accounts. Um, I think one of them is censored, which Wait, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> um, two, two years later, and I'm still not used to being in Instagram jail because I they like sent me a thing, it was 90 days, and I was like a few 90 days ago, and I just don't understand how I'm ever gonna get my account back. And I thought about making a totally new one, but what's the fun in that? I right. feel like I wear my censorship as a badge of honor, I guess, at yeah. this point. And, and they you know, know, they so, know so how feel free to reach out on either platform, on either Instagram. Yes, you can um, message her on both, but one um, is hard to tag because Instagram likes to put people in virtual jail. Don't we love that? <laughs> but um, to wrap up a little bit, I want to get some takeaways from you. And you've had amazing perspective as a mom, as someone who is daily going through this and teaching your kids. Um, what advice do you have on raising kids in a chaotic, fast-paced world? Uh, I would say, you know, follow your gut, follow your instinct. You know, we, we truly have this, like, superpower as moms where I feel like we really know what to do. And sometimes the world might tell us, you know, this, this, and this is what you need to do. But I think, you know, keeping Jesus at the head of all of those decisions and going with your gut really will make a very big difference. Because mm -hmm. in the beginning of this motherhood thing, I think I just took everybody's opinions and what I read online and what I read in the books and was like, okay, this is the conclusion. But I think, you know, doing what you feel is best and praying about it and, mm -hmm. and thinking on it and, you know, not caring so much about opinions of others really will get you very far. Um, you know, and it, it is very precious. So, you know, don't waste the time you have worried about other people. Mm, that's a really good perspective. And I'm not a mother yet. And um, it's just really great hearing your perspective on being home with the kids where it's hard but it's worth it, you know, and it's been really beautiful to hear your story and your perspective on the pandemic um, as well, because it was nice to hear that someone else was freaking out at the beginning of it. Um, uh, but <laughs> People will be shocked to hear that, but yes, I was. I truly was yeah. very scared at first. I remember we were actually on a trip in Disney, and I remember like looking at my husband every time we would get on a bus and being like, 
if you don't hand me the hand sanitizer, there's going to be a problem. (laughs) Just like constant, constant worry. And I think back and I'm just like, why? Why was I worried? Yeah. You know, there's nothing that happens down here that he doesn't know about. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, why worry? Why worry about it? Absolutely. Um, but it was so good to have you on. Thank you for joining us. And I will be linking your Instagrams on there. Um, if there is any other way they can contact you, um, let me know and I can link it as well. But um, it was so good talking to you. Thank you so much. It was so great talking to you. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course.